everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm the Romance Novel Veteran. And I'm the Virgin. <laughs> How's it going, Clayton? Good. Um, so we have a, an announcement this week. We started a Facebook group, the Learning the Tropes troop. Uh-huh. So find us on Facebook. And hopefully some people come. It feels a little bit like um, planning a party and then you hope people show up. It's my nightmare. That's why I don't plan parties and I don't start Facebook groups. You still aren't officially in the Facebook group because you are unfindable on Facebook. Yeah, well, I'll think about it. I'll join. No, I'll definitely join. (laughs) You're going to be there for sure. Of course. We just have to wait to get you to a desktop so you can join. (laughs) (laughs) Should we talk about the book this week? Yeah. Awesome. So this was a listener recommendation from Megan. And she emailed us and she wrote, um, uh, Hi, Aaron and Clayton. I've become obsessed with your podcast, which is a big, which is big hearted and funny and a joy to listen to. I'm reading along with you. So I'm a few episodes behind, but I couldn't help but email you some of my favorite romances for your consideration. Keep up the good work. You're a bright spot in my week. Um, so she, she ended up suggesting a ton of like really awesome books, one of them being Taken the Heat by Victoria Dahl. The periodicals section was arranged around a cozy grouping of armchairs and couches. And in the middle of it all stood Lauren and a stranger. Not a new librarian, though. This stranger had a beard and dark hair and a plaid tie and a hot, lean body that immediately dried Veronica's mouth to ash. The royal blue heel of Veronica's leather half-boot caught on the weave of the industrial carpet and jerked her to a halt. She lurched forward, catching herself on a shelf of autobiographies, before she could hit the floor. Oh, God, she breathed, bent over and staring at the carpet. At least she hadn't landed flat on her face or jammed her skull into the corner of a shelf. She glanced up, face already hot with color, but miraculously they'd turned away from her. Lauren was gesturing toward a rack of magazines as she spoke, and the man was nodding. Veronica stood straight, so quickly that the blood drained from her brain and left her dizzy. She wasn't going to meet this gorgeous man like the spastic mess of a woman she was. In fact, Veronica set her mouth in a straight line. She wasn't going to meet this man at all. If there was anything that could make her current situation worse, it was introducing a hot guy into the equation. She actually winced at the thought. Nope. She was going to be cool, ignore the way his wavy black hair flopped onto his forehead when he laughed at Lauren, and pretend his trimmed beard didn't make Veronica want to pet his face. She says it is a super hot contemporary romance featuring a virgin heroine, and it's done in a way that is believable and doesn't commodify virginity. Also features one of the hottest heroes in the genre. No joke. Uh, Hope I didn't overwhelm you. I'm a longtime romance reader and a librarian who specializes in readers in readers advisory. So making book suggestions is my business. I tend to go overboard, but I truly can't help myself. Looking forward to more episodes to come. Megan. Well, Megan, thank you. I always send us recommendations. You cannot go overboard with that. Mm -hmm. And so I was tasked to pick out of the recommendations Mm -hmm. uh, two books this month, and this was one of the books I chose. 
So and, good job. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I did a good job, right? I mean, it's a very good book. Yeah. I liked it a lot. No, it was excellent. I do also love that this has like a sexy librarian hero and she's a librarian herself. That's cool. So she's always kind of like thinking maybe he'll walk, a Gabe type guy will walk in the door Mm -hmm. and be like sweep her off her feet. Or she might be in a happy relationship even. Maybe she'll cheat with a Gabe. Who knows? (laughs) No, Megan. (laughs) Megan would never. Well, you know, let's not judge. I mean, people's fantasies are people's fantasies. Okay. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know if like, you know, cheating ain't that bad (laughs) i've gotten to the point in my life where i'm just like we talked about this previously on on one of the episodes where it's like cheating seems like such a huge deal with these young protagonists and then i do feel like once you get into your late 30s and 40s it's like eh, i hope they don't cheat but if they do i'll figure it out before we get into it should we judge the cover yes so the you had you printed out two covers for uh, for us, and the one I had was the one with the gentleman opening up his uh, button down shirt, and I will say, I I don't picture Gabe like this. Me, neither of these look like Gabe because also Gabe is supposed to have like a beard and yeah. all this stuff, and these guys are both practically clean shaven. Mm-hmm. So. The they both look like hedge fund dudes. They look mm-hmm. like the man. I wanted to see Gabe with his beard. He seemed like a I don't know, he he seemed handsome, but he seemed not as buttoned up as these guys look. They're they're yeah. very basic bros. I, I don't I I Gabe was such a unique guy that I wanted a unique cover. Mm-hmm. That's what what I thought. Yeah. Or he's like rock climbing or the beard yeah. or show a little bit of like Wyoming. It takes place in Wyoming. It should have just been a flag with Wyoming because that's going to bring people in. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody loves Wyoming. Everyone does. We love Wyoming. We love Wyoming. So much. We'd love to have a listener from Wyoming. Yeah. Th- so We would love for that love to be reciprocated. Absolutely. So I, I love this book but did not love the cover. No. They both look like guys who would say they're outdoorsy, wear a lot of Patagonia zip-up fleeces. Oh, but, yeah. You know. They're better sweater wearers. That's yeah. That's it's called, a better sweater. It's called a better sweater? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Um, did, <laughs> Patagonia uh, officially stopped uh, doing branded vests for financial and, like, hedge fund firms, which the, I love. Because they realized that it was, like, just – Putting your name all over a bunch of douchebags. Yeah. Yeah. Expert trolling. Expert trolling by Patagonia. We grew up, we called it Patagucci because it was like so much more expensive than Uh everything else. Um, But I appreciate it. They do a lot of stuff like that that I really can get behind. Now, the thing about this book as well, before we get into it, is that the title Mm -mm. does not represent the book because the title is Taking the Heat. Now, what heat exactly are they talking about? No. It's about a librarian who uh, falls in love with a advice columnist in Wyoming. So why why is it called Taking the Heat? Now, I know it's in a series, so maybe there's – you were saying there's a firefighter in one of the other books. Yeah, but that he's could not, be Taking the Heat. 
yeah, as a firefighter. Or it could be like a if it was like a, a pitching book, a book about a, a pitcher and a catcher, and the catcher's taking the heat. Okay. Yeah, because a fastball is a heater, and he's taking the heat. I think you should write. That sounds like a really great male male romance. Sure. Yeah. I wonder if it's out there. Somebody should write it. I'll get my assistant to start on that. Okay. <laughs> but we were coming up with other names for this book that mm-hmm. would be more appropriate. Well, because I literally read this book on my own before we had the podcast and didn't remember it until I went to download it again. Like yeah. the title was so had nothing connected to the book. Now, um, you had one that I really liked. Oh. That, uh, Love and Other Advice. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. I had my librarian, my teacher... Because he teaches her how to have sex. It sounds like a two sir with love a little bit. It does. It's And it's a little uptight. Mm-hmm. How about this one? Head librarian. That's Because he perfect. gave her so much head. Yeah. I mean, he, that is how I remember this book is like a hot librarian who loves giving head. How about this one? Do her decimal system. <laughs> is that a good one or is that a porno? That's such, no, this is, it's both. And okay. it's so good. What about why moaning? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz it happens in Wyoming. Yeah, and there's a lot of moaning. There's a lot of moaning. But so I love this book, but title needs some work. So you could rebrand this book as any of these titles, we give them to you. This is not something that we're going to like hold over your head and ask no. for money from you. Uh the the company or Victoria cuz we like this book so much. This is so that you can get a wider audience for what I think is one of my favorite contemporaries that we've read. Yeah. Right. This is an excellent book. And I think it's, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, before. I think we are going to end up talking about some like little nitpicky things. But because we both loved it so much, you know, we feel free to nitpick a little bit more. But this was like very well written and a great story. And it does that hard thing that is what makes contemporary so challenging is like, why wouldn't these two people just be together? And why is there any stress? But I thought it was really realistic mm-hmm. uh, w- when it came to what was keeping them apart. But do we want to get into it? Yeah. Do you want? So, what happens in the book, Clayton? So this book is about Gabe, who is our uh, protect. He's our hero, mm-hmm. and he started working at a a library in Wyoming. He used to live in Cincinnati, and he, but he was. Born in New York City, baby. Don't know how he ended up in Cincinnati. I think it was I after college. He see, this is the hard thing about this. We we live in New York City. We love New York City. It's hard not to talk about other places as less than. And I'm gonna say that that's wrong, but it's kind of how I feel. So I wanted, I was gonna say something mean about Cincinnati, but we have listeners in Cincinnati who probably love it, and I'm sure Cincinnati is probably a cool place. There's probably great restaurants. There's probably fun things to do, but I think I suffer from the same syndrome that at least uh, Veronica did a little bit. Is you know wanting to move to a different place and uh, like as a triumph, and going home feels would feel like a defeat. Because she, Veronica, is our heroine, and she was born in Wyoming. Her dad still lives there. Her father, uh, I mean, her mother has passed on. And she tried to make it in the big city. She tried to make it in New York City. And she didn't like it and came back. 
So she's figuring out what she's going to do. She's living in an apartment that her dad owns. So she's not paying rent and she's living for free in this apartment. She makes money as a advice columnist, but otherwise she's kind of having some issues. She's still not she she still feels like she failed, I guess, coming home from New York. Did you feel that way with her too? Yeah, that was her big struggle that she felt like a failure. Cuz when Gabe first sees her, uh, she comes in to talk to Lauren. She comes to the library to talk to Lauren, who's a friend of hers. And Veronica is dressed like a New Yorker. And Gabe, being somebody who was from New York, he knows that type. And he looked at her and was thinking, oh, this this is a New York type. I don't know if I want to get m- mixed up with her. But eventually he figures out that she is not a New Yorker. She was just putting on a mask like we all have to do kind of in the big city to survive. So they meet – uh, at the library and he goes to see her do a live advice show, which her, like the, the paper, uh, editor, like the main editor of the paper forces her to do, even though she does not like to speak in public and she's really nervous about it. And he, he sees her and calms her nerves, gets her a drink. He's really, it's a really cute scene cause he's trying to help her out a little mm-hmm. bit, but she's very distracted cause she's so nervous. Uh, are you, uh, do you like public speaking? Aaron? Yeah, you I love it. You love it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you nervous at all? No, it makes me nervous, but I like it more than okay. it makes me nervous. Do you do a lot, I mean, do you do a lot of public speaking uh, in general? I guess your job doesn't really have anything to do with public speaking. No, but we have like what we call a QTF every quarter where people have to present and everyone always gets so nervous and I always am like, I'll just present your Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care. Um, but no, but I do like storytelling type stuff. And oh, yeah. I, my last podcast, Ghost of Stories, like we did live versions of it that I would do every once in a while. So, I mean, yeah, I definitely, I perform a little bit. Cause I, it was weird reading this. I love public speaking as well. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think I'm a shy person, but I don't think I'm, uh, scared of public speaking my main thing always when because i used to do live comedy was remembering my my bits that would like remembering jokes and remembering stuff was the only thing i was nervous about it wasn't the act of being in front of people because i could just stand in front of a group of people and talk all day Mm -hmm. but it was the remembering stuff that made me nervous because i always thought i'd forget but she's very nervous, and I, I remember reading this and being, oh, okay, I guess I guess people get nervous when they talk in front of I mean, of that's, it. like, overwhelmingly, like, the number one fear that people I, have. I know, which I guess I – I don't know. Were you ever or were you always good at it? I don't know if I'm good at it, but I, I, it was never something I was nervous about. I think if you're able to do it, that puts you ahead of the curve for most people. Mm-hmm. I don't, like, get clammed up or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I know you've done shows and stuff and, and, and the storytelling, but I wasn't sure if you liked it or not. Mm-hmm. But you're just a big old attention hog. You just love mm-hmm. it. You're just like, more, more, more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me no. give me more. Give me more. So anyway, they meet there. Yeah. And then what happens? Where they? Because the thing about this book is it's, it's very um, – there's a lot of mundane stuff that happens. They – they kind of start hanging out very quickly together because he says that he wants to take her climbing and she says, no, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't climb. I can't climb. But then they end up 
climbing and having a really fun time. And he mentions how hot he thinks her legs are because she has like big muscular legs, which they never go into why she does. But it doesn't matter because it's just her body. I was into it. (laughs) I was very into it because I like like the cyclist's like uh, body, like with the legs. I'm a big I like like muscular legs. I think that's really attractive. Um, I'm not a fan of cyclists in general. Their attitudes. <laughs> That's very New Yorker of you. Yeah, but I do like the body shape. So mm-hmm. when he was talking about her, her thighs and her legs, and she was very, she she had a lot of body issues with her. She she didn't really care much about her legs until he said he really liked them. But also she was very uh, self conscious about her flat chest. Mm-hmm. Reason being is that we find out her stepbrother. Uh, made fun of her incessantly and he had a friend who went on a date with her or messed around with her and we meet him Dylan in this book and he he claims that her brother Jason was egging him on to say mean things about her so he started calling her saying she had small boobs and stuff like that and then that became what everybody at school started saying they called her male names and all these things. Mm-hmm. And I really did mess with her head. So I think she's still in her 20s, right? She's 27. So she's getting over her kind of Yeah. Issues. Well, the other thing, too, is so that first night she also gets hamskied. And or no, the second Dear Veronica, she gets wasted. And so then he takes her home and she's just like she's one of those drunks that then just starts telling the truth. And so she's just like, you're fucking sexy as hell. And then she's like, I'm a virgin. Would you just fuck me? And it was great. Yeah, that was great. It was hilarious. And Gabe was very, like, um, down for it. He wasn't going to have sex with her when she was that drunk, obviously, because he's not a monster. But, like, uh, the idea, like, he was into her sexually, like, pretty quick. Yeah, he thought she was attractive. And, uh, yeah, the it it was cool that he was always making sure that she was in right mind if they were going to have sex because Mm -hmm. there are that time and then she's also a little bit tipsy another time uh where she wants to have sex with him but he says no and the other reason he he wants her to uh uh, he wanted her to wait is because he wanted to make her squirm he says (laughs) this was also really good at like a casual dirty talk mm-hmm. that I loved. It was just peppered in there too. And it felt very also realistic, the dirty talk in a way that it wasn't just like now these people are talking dirty, but they were like fun and flirty and part of the way that they spoke, but also like incredibly sexy uh, that I really loved it. So Yeah. So uh, basically that's the, so then they, he takes her climbing, they uh-huh. hang out a few times, they do end up having sex, but then this whole time he knows that the clock is ticking because he own his family owns a very successful burger chain in New York City. Mackenzie's. I was picturing it as like a bear burger because those are everywhere now. I was I was picturing it as a Wahlburgers. <laughs> family owned. Yeah. Yeah. Legally can't be in New York because one of them's a felon, but you know. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Wait, felons can't own businesses in uh, New York City? No, that's why they couldn't open in Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Which one is a felon? Mark. Oh, okay. Oh, for assault. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, not great. Not cool. Anyway, so, uh, and his father is getting older, and it, the company is stressing him out, so he wants somebody to take over it, one of the kids, and 
and Gabe knows it's going to be him. Because Gabe has a little bit of a martyr savior complex. And so he, like, doesn't want to say anything until uh, Gabe's father has a heart attack in the middle of the night and he goes home. And that's sort of, he tells her before he leaves, like, I'm basically not coming back. Now, because he moved to Jackson, Wyoming... Because he wanted to uh, experience the life he wanted to have for a year. So he was working at the library. He's trying to get ebooks going at that library. And it was a, a year contract. And then, like you said, he was going to move back to New York and take over his dad's business. So at first, he, you know, he liked Veronica a lot. And it, I think he didn't want to stop that momentum by being a buzzkill and saying, Hey, I'm 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 going to have to move back in a year. Or so this is this can't be forever. But she made a big deal about him lying to her and saying that that was a lie. Now it's a lie by omission, I guess, but where do you fall on that? Because do you think she was being too over dramatic about it or do you think that she had a point? Because she has a conversation with her friends at at the afterwards when she finds out all that stuff. And her friends were great. So it was Lauren and Isabel and they, she opens up to these, these girls because she at first didn't, wasn't wanting to tell them stuff, but then she realized I have these people here who care about me and will listen. So I want to do it. So she says, you know, he did this and this, and they're kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit, but they also say, if you want to hate him, we'll hate him too, (laughs) (laughs) which I love because that's true friends. Yeah. That is true friendship. Just tell me who to hate and we'll, I'll do it. And we'll all do it. But they were kind of on the side of if this makes you mad, it, it can make you as mad as you want it to make you. But we don't necessarily think it's that big of a deal. It's kind of shitty. But also you kind of see his side of it, not wanting to derail something because he didn't know if it was going to be super serious. They'd only known each other for uh, like two weeks or something. Yeah, just a few weeks they'd been dating. Well, what's your call on that? Was he lying? Is there a difference between lying and lying by omission? Yeah, I think that's both lying. Okay. Like, I think if he's holding back information that she should know, then that's not cool. Mm -hmm. I think seeing it from her side, it's like she basically, because so she was a virgin at 27, which is obviously fine. fine. You can be a virgin at any um, age. And actually... I used to host a podcast called Ghost of Stories, and we would get a lot of emails from people who felt that they were too old to be virgins. That um, makes me sad. You're never too old to be a virgin. No, and everybody has their own path. And yeah. I think for her, too, she had body issues. She had self-esteem issues. She also, like, didn't know herself very well. And it seemed like Lauren and Isabel were friends from her hometown, but they had only met when she moved back, like, a year before. It's not like they were friends from high school. She didn't seem to have any friends from high school. Her dad was kind of an asshole. Mm, I hate this. Her dad was bad. Yeah, her dad was not great. She didn't have anybody in her life who I felt like was team, um, who was team Veronica. Everybody was sort of, like, she was really alone. And then this person comes in who's really interested in her and engaging with her and... Um, I don't think virginity or having sex the first time is everything, but it is something. And I think that then you share that experience with somebody. She can't help. She's somebody who's been starved for love and attention and that sort of comfort that you get from being intimate with somebody else, whether it is like a partner or a friend or a family member, just like uh, emotionally intimate. 
that then that betrayal of like, okay, now you're just not going to have that anymore is a much bigger betrayal than I think had she been somebody who had a lot of friends and family and a lot of other things. And he knew that about her. He knew she didn't really have much else. Um, that's what I think. Okay. I, I understand why she was pissed. Yeah. And what was her background that she got an advice column? What, what was her qualifications? Did she have any? You don't need qualifications to be having advice call. <laughs> um, you don't go to like advice school. But she was working in New York as an editor for a, um, not an editor, but like an editorial assistant at mm-hmm. like a magazine or publishing company or something. And then I think her father was just like, oh, yeah, she has experience writing. She can write an advice column. Yeah. Because the big, I think she has some imposter syndrome because she was a, a virgin giving romantic advice mm-hmm. about sex mm-hmm. but well i will say the sex in this book was awesome mm-hmm. this was really fun and really sexy uh so i really enjoyed and a lot of a lot of times in these books i'll, I'll admit the sex is not my biggest interest i like the romance that's why i read the books and i think this had a really good combination of the two I was excited because the sex was an important part of the plot because she was a virgin and because he was trying to teach her stuff. I thought it was a good progression. You saw her get bolder. You saw her lose some of her inhibitions because in some of the sex scenes, what I thought was really realistic is that she would be really excited and then suddenly start thinking about something and feel it go away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that happens that people never talk about where you'll be super turned on for a second and then it goes away for some reason and you're trying to regain it. And it's really hard to do that if you start thinking or getting Mm self-conscious that, that, that has happened to me. And it's, it's mortifying because you're, you have a partner that you want to make sure is satisfied and then it becomes a whole conversation, too. It's like, what happened? You know? What happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, You're like, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone, goddammit. You know, like, stuff like that. You just do that. And then usually that, like, makes it worse for some reason. <laughs> just yelling at somebody to <laughs> go away. Me. Don't touch me. You know, things like that. But, uh. Oh. <laughs> no, should, we, should we circle back on that therapy? <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, what? what's. Well, I also think the thing about sex, too, is like. You can't while you're doing it. You can't think about it too much because uh-uh. it is so disgusting that you have to just. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's how I, I don't think that. I think, but I mean, if that's how you feel, no, not that it's so disgusting, but it's like the mechanics of it are a little bit silly. And I think if you spend too much time thinking about it, then during the act of it, like uh-huh. you do, sort of have to just relax. And I think that was something for her too, where she was like, when he first went down on her, she was like, "I don't want you to go down on me because I don't want to feel like you." have to and you don't like it and then she feels the pressure of like well i have to come and then that's really hard when you're under pressure i thought that was really great too and something true as well what i like too is that when they were having sex he said touch yourself Uh while we're having sex because you know most women can't have uh orgasms through just penetration so that was something that i thought it's cool because he's 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 showing her you can do this. This is something that's possible, and yeah, that was cool. Clitoral stimulation. But most of the time, that's what it takes. Yeah, I only know two women in my whole life who come from penetrative sex only. And what's their names? 
I'm joking. <laughs> no, but having having you know girlfriends in the past, mm-hmm. everybody has something different, and and that is true. Like a lot of times, it is that stimulation that is what gives women orgasms. And uh, when she got disappointed because he came before she should, she could come, she got really excited when he went down on her because Gabe liked to go down. All the time, which was very, very cool. <laughs> I thought, it was, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah. he said he was very giving. And he said at first in his 20s, because he's in his early 30s, he did it because he wanted to be the guy that did it. And then he became the guy who really liked to do it because he cared about uh, a, a woman getting off. Yeah. Well, he also found that sexy too. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was a lot of talk about how he was hard as a rock. Yeah, he talked about his hard cock a lot. Yeah. That was that was awesome. And, you know, th- there was no talk about it being a horse cock or anything. No. No, she says it's too big, right? No? Well, she said it was big, but I mean, she hasn't really seen a lot of different cocks. I mean, I'm assuming it's larger than average. I mean, it's Gabe. Yeah. Gabe's got a big, big He got big a big one. dick. We he know he does. He got a big dick. <laughs> He's climbing those mountains. <laughs> yeah. It's dragging on rocks. <laughs> <laughs> his calluses. <laughs> his dick, does his dick have calluses from dragging on them rocks? He just uses it as like a peg sometimes, to like lift. Oh yeah, up. like yeah. <laughs> He's like, you always need three points, and so that's one of his points. That's sometimes one of his points. Yeah, I like it. Climbing's very hip right now too. I went climbing last weekend. Oh, you did? Yeah. You always do such fun stuff. I'm pretty fun. You know what I did last weekend? What? Nothing. No. I can't remember what I did. Did you it take was a nothing. bath? No, but uh, this is a whole. Oh, okay. I can't I'm sorry. Get into I don't. It. I don't mean to bring up bad my, stuff. My, my, I. Because on the weekends I can't take a bath because oh. I got because the guy across the hall is there. Mm. Uh, no, I went climbing in Joshua Tree National Park. It was amazing. Oh, that's right. You were in La La Land. Yeah, it was so fun. So, is that your first time climbing? That was my first time doing like a free solo climbing. I only say that because I watched that movie on the way out there. It wasn't like a rock face, but there are all these like rock formations in Joshua Tree and there's one that you can climb. And there was a lot of just like digging onto the sides and like hoisting yourself up and looking at a rock and figuring out how to do it, how to climb it. It was really cool. Except for then you get to the top and there's like a nine and ten year olds up there with you. So I'm like, oh, I thought it was something special, but these kids have no fear of death. And so they would just be jumping around. It was crazy. Did you did you nudge a few of them towards the edge? No, but like their mom would take their picture and I would have to like go flush against the mountain. I'm like, (laughs) you don't want just a strange chubby woman in the background. Of course they do. (laughs) That's a story to tell their friends. (laughs) Uh, But it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I would love to go climbing more if there's like somewhere around here. You can climb in um, Central Park. Really? Yeah, there's places that climb there. There's a place called the Gunks. Well, there's Brooklyn there's, Boulders. Yeah, Brooklyn Boulders. I don't want to have to do a whole contraption, though. Mm-hmm. Just You're free solo. I'm free solo. You're fucking free solo at this point. Yeah. Listen, my little hands were bleeding. Oh, <laughs> whoa. Well, also, my friend, we didn't realize we were going to start climbing, and so she brought a Madewell tote with her, so we did hike to the top with a tote. Okay. I just ended up wearing it as a backpack at a certain stage. Wow. It made me laugh. I'm like, why did you bring your wallet? Did you think there'd be, like... <laughs> like, like we're a, in a national park. There's nowhere to spend money. There's not a Shake Shack at the top. No. <laughs> So then I read when I was reading this book, it was all about climbing. I was like, mm, I know the vibe. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I get it, Gabe. Yeah. I get getting up to all those little places. It's really fun. So this book ends with Gabe having to go back to New York City 
and he tells Veronica. Veronica is upset. He's in New York City, and he decides, you know what? My dad should just grow up and sell the business that he has been toiling to create for his kids for 30 years. No, (laughs) he says that he takes on a minority owner. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't believe in, like, handing down businesses to kids because I think... They won't... They don't respect it. They don't respect it. They didn't work. They don't know the company. I'd say, uh, no, I don't like it. It sounds like for when Gabe has to go back there. Because also, he's a librarian. Librarians are, like, obviously, like, very smart and great, and we all love librarians, but they're not... They shouldn't smell like grease. They shouldn't smell like fry They don't run restaurants. It's just a different set of skills. It's so bizarre to be like, well, he was a librarian, so now he can run this, like, burger empire in New York City. There's so much permits in new york city he has to go to like local meetings he has to like grease a few palms like yeah he's got to have a good relationship with the with the, the mob unions and with the unions yeah so that's gonna be this guy this guy real not estate gonna, all that stuff no he'd be horrible at it he would be but he decides yes i'm gonna uh, uh, you his dad loves him his family loves him so yeah, he they're says a sweet family they're a really sweet family and he says that although naomi was of, of all the people in this book, his sister Naomi, who is the model, was the most stereotypical of the characters in this book. She wasn't really well drawn. There seemed to be a level of disdain towards her. She was kind of dumb. She was a model. She was too skinny. All she these things. She clearly had like some sort of an eating disorder that kept being alluded to but not mm-hmm. discussed. So that that was the one thing. Uh, you could have made her more of a character because she was pretty much a stereotype. But she wasn't going to take up the mantle of the of the of the restaurant, so he was stuck. And his older sister, he also talks about, has has really he dislikes her. It's like a vegan. Yeah, he, she didn't even get a scene. The only time we could have seen her, she was just meditating the whole time. So yeah. all right, <laughs> but there was a lot of disdain with her veganism. So you know, he had to be the martyr, obviously, and, and take take the the business. But then he decides, I don't want to do it. And there's a very cute scene where she, where Veronica's doing one of her live shows, and she's old hat at this now. She's just basically like, you know, doing crowd work, talking to people. And, <laughs> when I, and she's not wearing her full face of makeup, Mm-mm. which obviously, like, wear makeup if you want to make, wear makeup. But I think for her, she was using it as a mask. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't all as, like, dolled up city slicker as she was. She was wearing, like, jeans and, like, a sparkly top and little boots. So she's still herself. Like, she's still a little bit of a glam woman. But... She was more comfortable with herself. Yeah. And she was like making jokes. And she gets uh, the thing at the show is that you put a you put a question in the the basket and then she'll read it and she'll give advice. And uh, one of Gabe's friends. What was his name? Benton. Benton comes up and says, hey, is there there room for one more here? It's an emergency question. So she opens it up and Gabe it's Gabe asking for forgiveness. He shows up and she says, yes, I'll deal with this after the next two questions. Mm-hmm. So everybody laughs and blah, blah, blah. And then they get back together and she says, you, you got to be completely honest with me now. I, it's going to take a little while to trust you, but I think I can. And then they start fucking again. And it's fun and it's great. And I really liked it. Although at the end, I was kind of thinking, well, how are they going to get back together? There's only couple pages left in this book but i always i always fall for that 
Yeah. I knew it was going to be a happy ending, but the thing about this book that was so good is that there was still tension there. How are they going to make this work? He cares about his family. He's got fa- familial ties. She He has a giant apartment on the Upper East Side. Yeah. Who's getting you, that? Right? She she doesn't really like uh trust him completely. So, uh, but I think they're going to work. I think this is a happily ever after. Not yes. a happily for now. Well, what I liked about it too is like ultimately each of them it was really well done in that they were each spurred on by knowing each other, but not – neither of them forced the other one to make the big changes in their life. Mm-hmm. So for Gabe, she was like – he was kind of being a martyr. He was like, I'll just have a year of my life where I'm happy and then the rest of my life I won't be unhappy, which is like just an insane thing to think about. And, you know, she went and said, like, you keep telling me to live authentically. You're not living authentically. And I can't be with somebody who's not authentically being themselves. So that's too much of a burden to take on, which is amazing. And somebody who's so desperate for love the way that I feel like she – not desperate, but who, like, sort of hadn't had it and now had it for the first time. It would be easy for her to be like, okay, I'll take however I can get it. And she says, no, I respect myself more than that. And then lets him make the decision. She's like, I'm not going to come between you and your family. So it's it's your choice. Um, and then for her to be a little bit more, uh, like authentic as well and in her own power, that was already a path that she was on. He helped her along with it and showed her like how to be brave. Like he brought her climbing when she, that wouldn't be something she would do. She'd be scared of it, but she did it and she loved it so much. And, um, you know, saw that it was really a metaphor for her life in a little bit of a way. And then got to the point where she could make her own money. Her column gets syndicated that's and, why she's in – so she visits him in New York two weeks mm-hmm. after he leaves, and that's why she's got a meeting for syndication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she gets syndicated, and it's, and she can have her own place, and she blackmails her father into doing a um, a program for kids who were sort of in the same situation that she had been in, which was great too. Anytime you can blackmail your parents, I'm into it. That's something that's interesting no, to know I'm about joking. you. <laughs> My dad listens to this podcast occasionally, so – He'll laugh. So how can we blackmail him? Uh, I don't think about it. So, I mean, big question. The biggest of all questions. Would you fuck them? Yes and yes. Veronica. Well, I mean, Gabe for sure. Gabe 100. You're not even thinking about it. You're going for it. Not even a question. No. I think it's a thing we talk about sometimes where it's like Veronica in the beginning of the book. No. But at the end of the book. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, I would say, I would say at the end, yes, because I like that she owned her, her, herself, owned her, her new independence, um, big into the legs, the way they were being described, just on a physical level. I have no issue with any size breasts. (laughs) Really, I don't. It's not a big deal. Do men in generally, like, have? I... So that's a hard question to answer because I I kind of have a theory that men a lot of times don't have an opinion about what they like. Their opinion is their friend's opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's where you get into the idea of my group of friends are really into big breasts, so I'm into big breasts. I think maybe deep down they know what they like, but there's some social pressure to like what their friends like. In my in my experience, I think 
men like all types of breasts. Mm-hmm. And if they could have it their way, they would have every size of breasts like okay. once a week. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like it doesn't it doesn't really matter. No, I don't think guys at a certain age when they're more mature would say, I don't want to date somebody if they have a below a B. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't know. I don't. The people I hang out with, I don't think that's even really a consideration. So, yeah, I don't think it makes that big of a difference. Producer Patty's agreeing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. But how did you think virginity was treated in this? Because most of the time when we have a virgin heroine, either they're very young or they're in historical. So what was your... Well, she was a... Seemed to be a virgin in only penetrative sex, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. She had done other stuff because Gabe was joking with her about, tell me this other stuff, tell me this other stuff, which was sexy talk, too. He was doing it sexy, like, tell me what they did. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you did. So uh, I I think it was, there was, she felt some shame about it because she was giving people advice about sex and felt fraudulent. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I think that he he seemed cool about it when she said it. Her friends seemed surprised, but also were kind of cool about it. Uh, I don't think it was that huge of a deal for the other people. It was a pretty big deal for her. What did you think? Yeah, I like the way that it was handled in this book. Because I think it's also like, yeah, like I mentioned from my old podcast where we ended up having to talk, like not having, but we ended up talking about virginity a lot. That it was handled really well in a way of like, it is a thing and Gabe was respectful of it. Like I don't like I don't think Gabe would have had sex with her the first night because she was so drunk, but I think they maybe would have had sex a little bit sooner. Like he was very cognizant of the fact that she hadn't had sex. But I thought it wasn't like sort of the be all end all. She wasn't because after the first time they have sex, she goes to the bathroom and she's like, oh, I'm like tender de- between me down there. And she was like, oh, that's like a that's a new thing. That's exciting. So it was those sort of little moments that were Nice, but it wasn't overplayed of like, she's a virgin. Now she's a different kind of person because she's had sex. And she's not. She was the same person. He made it a game, mm-hmm. which was fun. He didn't, he was pretending to be her teacher, but it was in a fun, sexy way. Not in, you got to, you got to ship up, you got to shape up because I can't have sex with somebody who isn't, who doesn't have the skills. Mm-hmm. He made it fun, which that's what I would like when we were talking about him being the teacher. And even at the end, he said, you know, I think we have to be together because I got a lot more things to teach you. I just don't <laughs> think you're up to the level. And it was in a cute way, not yeah. in an accusatory or a you're not good enough way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Especially it could have become a you're 27 situation, and mm-hmm. it really didn't. Because yeah. it just shows, like you said, people go at different. The only race you're running is your race. So just focus on that. Yeah. Good reads, Liz? Yes. This has got to be on every list. So I've just dis- I discovered something. What did you discover? <laughs> so remember when we did a hunger like no other and it was only on like three lists and mm-hmm. I was like, this is shocking. And then I got a message from somebody and they were like, What are you talking about? It's on seven pages of list. And it is. What I was doing in Goodreads was I would if I changed the um what version of the book it was like what cover that would change the list like somehow that was connected so 
I learned that in doing these lists. Oh, this is great. So, okay, so that Hunger Like No Other had probably... It was on Bad Boys Meet the Virgins. It was on so many good lists. And I'm sorry that I cheated everyone out of being able to spend time with that. But I didn't know. Anyway, so I apologize. Um, It's okay. I forgive you. Thank you. (laughs) You're apologizing to the listeners, not me, right? Well, both. Okay. Yeah. Um, On behalf of the listeners, I accept your apology. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, and, but this also wasn't on many lists, and I did check it a bunch of times. Are you sure? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, anytime you want to do show notes, Clayton, I will allow it. No, thank you. You did your best. <laughs> All right. So, lists. Modern day heroines losing their virginity to their one true love. Yes. Yeah. They're going to be together forever. And for a second, I was sad. I was like, oh, she's only ever going to fuck Gabe. But then I was like, eh, she's only going to fuck Gabe. That's great. You, you, you never know. They might do a menage. Okay. Um, romance books about librarians and archivists. Archivists. Yes. Yes. Uh, Sarah McLean's 100 Romance Recommendations. Sure. Yeah, it's a great recommendation. Yeah. Uh, favorite romance books to read over and over. If I were one to reread romance, I could see myself wanting to revisit Gabe and Veronica. Mm-hmm. Although I think I'd... I think I'd more want their future adventures. Oh, okay. To have the next book. I think this is the last book in the series. So it's not like you could read number four and then find out more about them. Yeah, I wish I could check in on them. Yeah. But they're characters that I definitely will think about. Gabe especially, I think I'll think about um, randomly. Mm-hmm. What do you think they're up to now? Well, this was 2016 when this book was published. 15. 15. So... Four years later. Four years later. Well, she's probably. Do you think she has a baby yet? I think that they got married like last year and then she's pregnant now. I think because you think about it like he's 35. She'd Mm -hmm. be 31. They had probably a good two or three years of just banging everywhere. Mm -hmm. Not worrying about kids or anything like that he was probably making sure his dad's okay Mm -hmm. and then once his dad uh slowed down a little bit they decided maybe let's have a kid so they're probably trying right now okay that's what i would say but they're married they're definitely married do you think they just got married in like a courthouse thing and didn't invite either family because like her family sucks and his well no he would want his family they had a climbing theme wedding just he was like belay on she 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 was uh she was he was at the top of the um, mountain and she had to climb up. Why does she have to climb up? She's in full hair and makeup, but she's climbing. No, she's at the top. He climbs up. Okay. Well, I was trying to flip the script because oh. it's 2019. So I guess if you want to go by gender norms in He's this climbing, climbing. In, this, in this climbing wedding, which is a well-known <laughs> thing that people do, a climb theme wedding, he climbs up yeah. and gets up there and then they d- do their vows their vowels. Their vowels. A-E-I-O-U. Yeah, and then that's it. And then they slap hands, and then they just, uh, what is that called? Repel down. Mm-hmm. And people are throwing fucking rice at them while they're coming down the, the, the rice. mountain. Rice? You're not supposed yeah. to throw rice anymore. It's petals. Why? Because birds eat it? I guess. Well, they don't worry about that kind of stuff in Wyoming. No, they don't care about birds. No. The birds are tough. They're made of tougher stuff. They can digest raw rice mm-hmm. they know what's up they eat pebbles all day 
do. Yeah, of course they're they like do. Prison birds. Yeah, they're prison birds. <laughs> In beautiful Wyoming, mm-hmm. Jackson Hole. Um, yeah. So, and they yeah. heard she. I think she also like mended her relationship with her dad. Her dad realized sort of like no. Her no? dad got shot in a motel room. <laughs> it was a... Judge Chandler? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. That's, she had identified the body. That was tough for both of them. Well, he's he was an ident- unidentified John, but she knew. She read the paper and she's well, like, Well, she would know that dad. her father was dead because then she would, they would get the money. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But she did a little help. Like, she was like, hey, can you help me out and say it was an unidentified John? Not oh, for the dad. papers for the stuff. paper. Well, because she works, at the, she works paper. at the paper. Yeah, so she went to her editor was like, listen, it's my dad. It's, like, mm-hmm. weird that it was, like, the two of them. Yeah. And, yeah. So, well, okay. So Joe Chandler's dead. Now they have a ton of money. So now they have, like, a sweet place in Jackson Hole. hmm Yeah. And now they have, like, a baby on the way. It's exciting. And she's a syndicated columnist. I bet her Instagram is great. I bet you she has, like, a show on some network uh like what's a what's a not the not oprah's network but some like smaller kind of maybe she has a youtube channel oh yeah but she makes bank from it yeah yeah it's great good ad money mm-hmm. and then everyone's like in love with gabe like he just walks by in the background sometimes and people are like "Ooh, tell us more about gabe and he's mm-hmm. like oh i'm going climbing and then he buys like little onesies like can't wait to climb with you and stuff yeah for his kid because he's like so excited he's excited to have a baby yeah. yeah 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 he loves it he doesn't care what sex it is either no, he's very he's very above that. He'll love it no matter what. Mm-hmm. He just wants to take it climbing. Can it climb? That's all the question he asks. Yeah. Boy, girl, can they climb? They're little monkeys. Oh, that's a nice life. Victoria Dahl, tweet at us. Were we right? Yeah. <laughs> I think we did great. Um, and then his parents are still alive because now he's like, go, the dad's going on vacations. Like, he gets a new lease on life. Yeah. Everyone's still happy. Um. Oh, and then um, the last Goodreads list. <laughs> There's no way. There's got to be more. It's 2015 Contemporary Romance slash Romantic Suspense, July, December. Oh, there you go. Wait, July, December? I think that's when it was released. Or isn't that, what is that July, December? Isn't that an age thing? Oh. Yeah, maybe. Isn't that, isn't that like the July, December romance? Oh, yeah. They're not that much different age-wise. Those are four years apart. They would go to the same high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's May, December. Yeah. So July, De- I don't know. It's, it's- Sometimes these lists are confusing. Are you sure that's all? That's the only list? No, I'm not sure, okay. obviously. I messed up with a hunger like no other. I'm not confident in any of this. I could be very wrong. I'm sorry. I know. Just know I tried my best. Yes. And that's the best that I can do. That's really all we can do. Yeah. Anyway, did you write down tropes? I did. So, virgin, lying about being a virgin, or at least omitting that you're a virgin, age difference, bad dad, (laughs) she had a bad dad, family emergency, because Gabe had a family emergency with his dad, close family, Gabe's family is very close, close friends, she had very good close friends eventually, Mm -hmm. and Gabe did as well, pre-com, Finger banging. Lying by omission, which is what Gabe did. So we can just call that lying, according to Aaron, which I guess I agree with. Bad opinion of New York City. Yeah, it's hard to swallow. It's hard to... It, Veronica has some issues with New York City. I understand it. 
if she couldn't cut it, that's fine. But don't, you know, don't talk trash. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Everybody, or you know what? Also, we have enough people in New York City, so talk trash. That you know, that's Just true. Keep other people from coming. Don't come. Um, fugitive dating a federal marshal. That was which, a different book. Well, is that a book in the series? Because yeah. Isabel is uh, just throws that like drops that bombshell while they're having drinks, and it's all they were talking about Veronica's issues, and she goes, "Listen, I'm, I, I was, I'm on the run from the feds, and I'm, I had a, an affair with a federal agent. I'm not somebody that can say I'm perfect." And I thought. So this is just going to be something that gets thrown into this book and then we don't hear anything else about it. No, because there's an entire book about it that you should have read. This is number three. Wait, that I should have read? Yeah, why not? You should have You mean it. the I is in like, not me personally, because I wasn't tasked to read this. Okay, no, but like one would have read that. One like, would have read. Like I think read. whenever you hear a line like that, that's like, wow, that sounds like an amazing story. Chances are it was okay. or it will be, but- yeah, Isabella has her own book. I thought she seemed very, very cool. I knew you should read her book. Have you read it? No. Okay. Running to the bathroom immediately after sex, which is what Gabe did every time. What was up with that? I don't know. Do you know why UTI? Do men get UTIs? I, so that was very odd. Did you find that what do you odd? Mean run to the bathroom. He, as soon as they were done having sex, he would run to the bathroom. Every time? Every time. I don't remember this. Okay. I remember it because I feel like, or at least the majority of the times, he did. You don't have to run to the bathroom right after sex because what that does is make your partner feel like something's wrong or that you want to clean up too soon. You got to sit there for a while. You should want to. You should want to cuddle. You should want to, you know, catch your breath. The only time you should run to the bathroom immediately afterwards is if you, like, do need to immediately run to the bathroom. No. Well, and women should always pee after penetrative sex because you don't want a UTI. That's true. But the guy, I don't think, maybe I'm wrong. Doctors, I have no idea. Doctors, please email us and let us know if it's the same with men. I usually don't run to the bathroom right after sex because I think I find that to be rude. Now, if, if, the, if the lady wants to get up and do it, I understand that mm-hmm. because of the UTIs and things. But for me, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Okay. I just want to bask in the afterglow. I think Gabe gave her a bad idea of, like, what guys do after sex. Well, she'll never know the difference. This guy's going to be fucking just running. Immediately, he pulls out and he's like, whoop, he's off to the bathroom. I don't think that's true. I don't know. Maybe he had to change his fantasy football lineup. I don't know. But, but I don't know why he was doing it. It seemed weird to me. Okay. I don't remember. Okay. I didn't clock it, but. Those are my tropes. <laughs> my tropes? Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, you. <laughs> so, Aaron, what were your tropes? Um, librarian hero, virgin heroine, hero amazing at giving head, hero has a big secret, small town versus big town, bearded hero, small boobed heroine, a big grovel, showing up at heroine's workplace to declare love, heroine very shy, hero is heroine's first time. So, Clayton... What has you swooning this week? Well, Aaron, the reason that I picked this book was for uh, several reasons. One of the reasons being that I like the idea of a sexy librarian. Mm-hmm. That, that was cool. I like that it was about two people who had lived in New York City 
at some point because that is a city that I still live in and is very, very close to my heart. It is my dream city, and I love it. But what had me swooning this week was, so Wyoming is a state that hasn't given us a lot of love. None. But just because something doesn't love you doesn't mean that you can't love it. So I wanted to swoon a little bit about Wyoming, which was, in doing some research, a very important state. It picked a lot of historical cherries. Which, the first woman? Well, did you know this? Well, yeah, I just said it. Wyoming mm-hmm. was the first state to give women the right to vote. Also, in 1925, Wyoming elected the first woman governor, Nellie Tylo Ross. Cool. That's huge. Yeah. I did not know this beforehand. Also, birthplace of Jackson Pollock and actor Jim J. Bullock. I don't know Jim J. Bullock. Too close for comfort? No. Okay. Well, he's a very important actor in Wyoming birthed him. So, very important state. Mm-hmm. Also, J.C. Penney's. Oh, wow. Originated here. Uh, dude. The word dude which is a word that I use all the time, originated in Wyoming. What did it mean? It was, they had, it was the first dude ranch. Oh. And it was the Eaton family was the family who owned the dude ranch, and they would just say the name of the ranch, I guess. Cool. Uh, my research wasn't that deep, but. <laughs> so Yellowstone National Park is in Wyoming. It has more geysers than any other geyser field in the world, and it has Old Faithful. Oh. It was also the first national park. Oh, Yellowstone was? Yeah, 1872. That's so cool. Devil's Tower was the first national monument in 1906. They've got the Rocky Mountains, the Grand Tetons. It, it's, it's, uh, the license plate has a dude on a bucking bronco. They party. Yeah, yeah. So you know they party. Uh, but I really do think that it's a, from reading this book, it seems like a very gorgeous place. I love the idea of the, the quiet of it of the beautiful stars, of, of just having a little bit of a respite from the, my go-go life. Mm-hmm. So Wyoming, I love you, and I hope that you can find it in your big heart to have a little love for us. So that's what I'm swimming about this week. That's beautiful. Wyoming does seem like a beautiful place. It, it, it actually does. Yeah. I've always wanted to go to Jackson Hole, and I've always wanted to go on a dude ranch vacation. Pat does not want that, explicitly told me many times, so He's I'll have to find slicker. someone else. He is a city He's slicker. a city slicker. I showed him pictures of when I climbed the rocks in um, Joshua Tree, and he got visibly nervous. He did not enjoy it at all. And he said if we went back, he won't climb with me. He's a city boy. Yeah. I'm a little city boy. He'll just be sitting down at the bottom with his, his, his transistor radio listening to the Mets game. <laughs> yeah, sure. Just making sure you're okay. Yeah. No, that's nice. He's very pretty. While you're free soloing. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, yeah, it's good. Well, Aaron, what are you swooning about this week? Yeah, so I'm going to swoon about a book. Um, I bought it a while ago, but I brought it with me when I went out to the desert this weekend because I was just like, it felt appropriate. Um, It's called Crazy Brave by Joy Harjo. 
Um, and Joy is a member of the Muskogee Nation. Uh, she's a songwriter, singer, poet, performer, and writer. So she's amazing. She does all the things. But it's a short book, and it's really beautifully written in that it's just a very – it's very, like, stark and matter-of-fact, um, but it also has a little bit of uh, magic or sort of um, – Native American um, cultural things woven in it that just makes it feel also like a little bit surreal. It's her story. It's a story of basically her life from birth to when she was in her mid-20s. Um, she has a son in that time. She goes to a very um, a specialized uh, school for Native Americans in the arts, which is really cool. She also suffers um, from having an abusive stepfather and a husband who's not that great either, but it's just like beautifully written. I really, really loved it. It's one of those that sort of stays with you. When you read the book, you feel like you're in another world and then you sort of exist in that world for a little bit afterwards as well. It has like a sort of that like hangover effect. Um, and I absolutely loved it. So it's crazy brave by joy Harjo. Um, but then I have another special thing to tell you. So, Obviously, um, going to Los Angeles, I went to the Rip Bodice, which is a romance novel bookstore. That's actually where I bought Crazy Brave last time I was there. But um, I visited again. We I met um, Rebecca Weatherspoon, who wrote um, a book called Rafe, a Buff Male Nanny that I also started reading. It's a different vibe. But then I got a special something for you. What? Here you go. Oh, it's in a bag and everything. Yeah. I was going to put tissue paper in it, but then I remembered you're a boy and you probably wouldn't notice anyway. Oh, my goodness. These are – okay. So so she just got me a bunch of – she, sorry. (laughs) Aaron just got me a bunch of Lisa Claypass books. Oh, my goodness. The whole Wallflower series. Are you serious? (laughs) Oh my god! So this is where I'm gonna meet Saint Vincent mm-hmm. and the Devil in Winter. Oh, cool! So I'm gonna have these physically. Yeah, you have them physically. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool! Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. That's I'm gonna read these proudly. Good. Read these proudly on the subway. I'm gonna read them everywhere. I'm gonna read them in the break room. Mm-hmm. This is gonna. This is so exciting! Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And so we'll announce now that also for May, we're doing wallflowers for May. So we're going to read every week, each of the wallflower books. So (laughs) week two, we'll meet St. Vincent. And then week three, we'll read his book. Oh, so I'm going to have to wait. So the first, the first book does not have St. Vincent. I don't, he might be there, but he's not featured heavily. I love the smell. I love the smell of these books. They're good sizes too. Yeah, that's the. I think the one. Which what are you holding right now? Uh, which one? Secrets of a Summer Night, which is the Wallflowers book one. Yeah, so that's the first one. This is. Thank you so much. You're that welcome. was so nice of you. I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, I can't wait to dig into some more Clay Pass. Mm-hmm. And also, you cut it every time we talked about it. But there was a few weeks there where we were just talking about the. Um, <laughs> The, the devil's ca- daughter and how much you loved that cover too and you're just like i went to i would go to visit it and bookstores <laughs> so i was like i think he i don't know if he'll appreciate this or not but i think he might oh i absolutely appreciate it it's so awesome oh thank you and one of the only instagram things that i liked uh for, through our account was somebody posted a photo of that 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 
cover of the book. Oh, I think I even said something. I even said, you I'd did. love this cover or something. That was Smart Woman Read Romance. They yes. did an episode on it. And then you wrote, like, I love this cover so much. And I remember looking at that comment thinking, did I write that in blackout? <laughs> no, it was Clayton. He found it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. This is very exciting. So that's something extra to swoon about this week is new presents. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, so like we mentioned, we start the Facebook group. It's called the Learning the Tropes Troop. So go ahead, look it up, join it. We'll be there chit-chatting. It could be fun. I don't know. We're nervous about it. Um, you can tweet at us at Learning Tropes or our Instagram is Learning the Tropes. Our Instagram and the Facebook group is where we will also be posting our books for upcoming. You already know May is the Wallflower series. So go put your library holds on now. Grab those books start reading if you haven't already which is shocking if you come, haven't you gotta read it come find me and read over my shoulder for a little bit yeah, yeah. i hit him in the break room or on the subway um and then if you want to email us suggestions how i could better find more goodreads lists anything we are learning the tropes podcast at gmail.com and next week we are reading another listener suggestion that clayton chose <laughs> and it's Ride Hard, a Raven Riders novel by Laura Kay. So pick that up, read it, and then we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. All right, bye, everybody. Bye.